Hey guys, this is Nadine. At the end of the episode, you'll hear me tell you to visit us on our private Facebook group, She's Not a Slut Yet. Well, that's no longer the name because I changed it and I added an Instagram. The new Facebook group name is Snazzy Podcast, which is spelled S-N-A-S-Y Podcast, and the Instagram page is the exact same thing. That's all the updates for now. I hope you all enjoy the episode and revisit us next week for our first movie. Nadine. Oh, this is John. And this is Dan. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet. This is a podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. This week we'll be reviewing Which Dan's. I've been doing a lot of already. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this week we will be reviewing Dan's non list pick, Basketball, which was released in 1998. Dan, go ahead and tell us some box office stats. All right. So this, uh, this great movie. Had a budget of twenty three million, so they didn't spend a whole lot to make it. They made even less back. They didn't even get a third of the way. I guess they kind of get to about a third, but domestically made seven million. Was not an international release. I don't. This is a very American pop culture reference movie, so yeah. I don't see why they would. It's a very it American movie, and probably um, didn't make enough movies to even to try to release yeah. it internationally. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how big South Park is globally, but that's obviously not even a relevant factor here. As far as words go, it was nominated for two Razzies. I think this was this our first Razzie movie. Maybe, um, maybe not. But that's I think the it might have wait for what they're nominated for. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Razzie Award for Worst Actress Yasmin Bleeth, and for Worst Supporting Actress Jenny McCarthy. So as far as being reviewed, it. It was kind of mediocre by the critics. It was uh, 6.5 stars on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is 42%, but the audience score <laughs> is a 74%, which is, hey, that's... that's For a lot of weird. reasons, I understand yeah. why the audience score is so high. Yeah, so there you have it. That's our the movie we're, we're getting into this week, so let's, uh, let's go to the uh, movie facts. All right, John. So the first interesting fact is the one that you were asking at. So Trey Parker and Matt Stone agreed to do this film under the assumption by the time filming began, South Park would have already been canceled. So they didn't think it would make it past the first season, and they're still fucking running, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, they are, and heavily too, especially with that recent pandemic special. That thing is a, a hallmark of 2020, I'll tell you that. Hell yeah. So it was created when Trey Parker and Matt Stone were cast. Uh, director, director David Zucker had no intentions of a third character, but Trey and Matt convinced him to create the part. The movie is based on a real-life game that the director created with his friends, literally paid in the driveway of his home. Many of the reappearing teammates are friends of Zucker and actually original players of the Zucker driveway game. Asked by the director to be in the movie to pay homage to the originals. The word dude is spoken a total of 98 times throughout the movie, including the scene after the credits. 21 of these are during the Coop and Reamer's dude argument, which was interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's more of a just here's something interesting rather than an actual cool thing. But go ahead. So the expression derp was first used as a line in this film by Matt Stone's character. The term is later used in a number of episodes of South Park. Uh, Chris Farley turned down the role of Joe Cooper. The script was subsequently offered to Trey and Matt. 
who rewrote it to reflect their sensibilities better. So the movie was mentioned in Trey Parker and Matt Stone's TV show, South Park, when Stan mentions the time he and Kenny got their money back for this movie, which I thought was funny. (laughs) (laughs) During the hospital scene where Coop and Emer are attempting to bring little Joey back to life, Coop requests heart paddles, calling them the little things George Clooney uses. This is a reference to when Clooney was on ER. Clooney would later cameo as Dr. Goosh, Gouache, I don't know the fuck how you say it, in South Park. (laughs) Dr. Gouache? Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) And this scene in the car where Cooper is listening to the radio and and the song starts, Your Life is Spitting Out of Control, it is actually Trey Parker singing on the recording of that song, which that was an amazing, <laughs> amazing scene. Nevertheless, it? but all right, it was so good. The last but not least, the kissing scene when Coop and Reamer made up was Parker and Stone's idea. Hey, you're pretty hot. Let's add it in the movie. So, before I get started on the movie synopsis, I have to say this movie. I can already tell for Nadine must have been very, very difficult to try and write a synopsis for. So this movie synopsis is just the general stuff. But if you guys really want to know what the movie is truly like, you just have to watch it. it yeah. It's something else. There's a lot of stuff that it you, we can't really describe it in a perfect sense. Because <laughs> I had a hard time with it. It feels doing it, the synopsis. It, it feels like a South Park episode, really. Yeah, that's, it, that's it, it, it truly feels like a South Park episode. If you try and, you know, do a synopsis of a South Park episode, you're just going to be speaking literal terms and not what happens. But anyways, starting off, the movie opens to an old Yankees game with Coop and Reamer as kids watching in the stands while their favorite baseball player hits his third home run of the game. Coop catches the third home run and Coop insists he'll be a great sports star, too. When I initially saw that scene, Nadine, I thought this movie was going to be something entirely different. Like, wow, it's going to be a, you know, a cool revenge story. And then the scene shifts to to show crazy celebrating for winning games and how ridiculous sports has become over time. The scene then shifts to present day where Coop and Reamer go to a high school classmate's, Brittany's, house for a going away party. While they're there, it's made clear the two are considered the losers of the class and they have done nothing with their lives since graduating. You know, feeling bad for themselves and the fact that they're really trying to hit on literally everyone in the fucking place. The yep. boys go to Brittany's base- basketball hoop, basketball hoop, Jesus, I'm already stuck in it, man. Basketball hoop in the driveway and begin shooting hoops. While they are there, the boyfriends of the girls that were there show up and challenge them to a game because, you know, they flirted with every girl in the fucking place. Knowing they won't win a game of basketball legitimately, Reamer and Coop create basketball. And subsequently absolutely fucking destroy the guys in basketball. And everyone's like, whoa, that's amazing. But in reality, it was just like them screwing them on their shots. The next day, the guys are playing basketball in their driveway when Squeak shows up. (laughs) I'm sorry, this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When Squeak shows up to shut off their gas... The guys convince him and a dog to play a game with them to keep their gas on, and they win. The scene then shifts to the guys in Squeak playing basketball in a different match against other people in a large crowd with a large crowd watching. Once they win the game, you can see that Squeak is moving because he was fired from his job into a cardboard box in the corner of the room. <laughs> Squeak is the personification of so many people in high school being bullied, but all right. The night as... 
the guys are playing, Coop gets approached by a billionaire who sees the game and wants to make it a legitimate sport. At first, Coop is like, no, the entire point of basketball is, you know, that it isn't like other sports, but then reconsiders in the terms that players can't trade teams and they can't change cities. So, the movie then skips five years into the future, kid you not, within the first 15 minutes there's already a giant time skip, where basketball is considered a professional game. And as they're going for the Denslow Cup, the name of the billionaire who recruited them, Coop's friend and the team's owner dies from choking on a hot dog, distracting the distracting Coop from making the shot and loses them the game. That scene deserves a lot more than what was said right there, because that is a hallmark <laughs> of the movie. That, I didn't thing. know like, how else so... to describe it because, like, he was giving him CPR <laughs> and the hot dog was jumping hear, out of his throat and back in. <laughs> Every time he made a compression <laughs> with CPR, the hot dog would go up and then right back down, up and then right back down. And then he, Denzel just smacks him in the face at the end of it because he's like, fuck, man, you could have saved me, but you're too distracted by some tits. But, anyways, as Coop leaves the locker room, he meets a woman, Jenna who runs the Dream Come True Foundation for sick and... I'm sorry, I just thought about later on. Sick and dying kids. Coop signs autographs for the kids and competes for the attention of the director with Reamer. To the guy's surprise, they see her again at Dislow's will, reading... Will reading? Good lord, Nadine. (laughs) Where they're reading Dislow's will when Coop gets ownership of the team on the condition that he wins the Dislow Cup. Because if he doesn't, it then goes to Denzel's widow, Yvette. Yvette is pissed about this and hooks up with Baxter Kane, another billionaire team owner who wants to change basketball so he can make money off of it. So, basketball. Basketball. Well, she typed basketball, Dan. Honestly, like, searching for this movie is so difficult because every time you put in basketball, it just automatically, like, corrects basketball, so... I had to do it like five times and change it. <laughs> oh, you misspelled this. That's 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 yeah, how so sad this is. So Nadine gets a pass. Thank you. Well, thank you. I don't give her a pass, so she gets half a pass. Anyways, as the guys start the season off with a win, Baxter, the uh, other billionaire team owner who wants to change basketball to make money off of it, seeks out Coop to try and convince him to have the players tradable and teams to allow to move cities in order for the team owners to make more money. Coop, of course, is like, what the fuck? No, that's, like, against the rules. And from there, we see a series of games where the guys just win, bringing them close to the Denslow Cup. The scene then shifts to Coop and Reamer visiting one of the sick kids from the Dreams Come True Foundation. The guys grant a wish to that boy, and you see them spending the day with him, ending the day at a bar where everyone's drinking, including the underage fucking child with (laughs) liver disease before his surgery... And the beer's next game. And before they all leave, Joey has Coop promise to make three ro- home runs for him. Coop agrees and is able to make two, but fucks up the last shot. And the boy in the hospital <laughs> says, what, what was it? It was like clutch, clutch. It was something like that. Or choke, choke, choke. And then passes out to the, to the doctor's horror because she thought he was choking. But anyways, thinking of the disappointment um, of not keeping their promise that may have killed Joey... The guys rush to the hospital to make sure he made it through his surgery. At first, the guys can't find him, and once they think the worst, because there's a fucking morgue right to the next door of his 
room, they panic. In an attempt to save Joey, the guys accidentally knock out the power in the hospital, all of which, which is a brilliant scene in itself. Now, after visiting Joey, the scene shifts to Coop watching the same game from the beginning of the movie. While watching the tape, Jenna comes to him worried after she couldn't find Coop at the hospital because she thought there was a terrorist attack at the hospital, when in reality it was Creamer and Coop. She lets Coop know that Joey made it through the surgery great, and they have a moment on the couch making out before Reamer walks in in a fucking outfit saying, Man, attack in that hospital was good shit, and ruins it. So, the scene then shifts to Reamer visiting Baxter Kane to discuss the league and how much money they can make off of it if Coop would agree to let players be traded. Baxter also made clear that, you know, Coop didn't involve Reamer in the decision-making process of, you know, saying no to that change as a convincing thing. Now, that night during the game against the aliens, so while the beers, when the beers win, um, you know, to as a giant middle finger to Baxter Kane, he gets pissed and cuts the funding for the Dreams Come True Foundation, saying, fuck you, children. Now, by doing this, he forces Coop and Reamer to agree to sign off on a clothing line. Of course, Reamer becomes full of himself for the fame and attention from getting the clothing line, and it causes a rift in the friendship of the team. While the guys argue naked with their giant cocks, in the locker room after a game, <laughs> Baxter comes forth and tries to blackmail the guys because their clothing line uses child labor. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay, so right after, Jenna confronts them because of this and cuts ties with them. Like, how dare you use children? Coop fixes this, you know, by flying to Calcutta to stop the child labor or stuff in his factory and sets up legal work for adults within the factory. Coop returns from Calcutta just in time for the cup, the Denslow Cup. Despite Coop's return, the team is losing because of the broken relationship between the two, and Squeak forces them to realize they need to get over their issues with each other as their friendship is more important and the guys make up to start and win the game. And now, just before the last shot of the game, Coop's lazy ball pops and he freaks out. Jenna with a dramatic face, and Joey show up at the last minute, forgiving Coop because since he fixed the factory, and with a homemade ball for him, and the beers win the cup, keeping the team in his hands. Now, after they win the cup, Jenna and Coop finally hook up, and Yvette finally re realizes she hates Baxter Kane, and turns around and sees Reamer, who profusely starts tonguing her. Now, the last scene of the movie is of Reamer and Coop carrying Squeep in the Dislow Cup trophy. Now, before we start the review of the movie, guys, there is so much lost context <laughs> that I think we need to go into. Like the, the issue was there's when I went so to go much do it, potential from this movie on single liners. The biggest issue is when I went to go do the synopsis, I was like, "Am I going to put every single little detail in this for every single joke and make the synopsis five pages long?" Or am I just going to have to cut this short and we have to discuss it later? <laughs> so you're telling me that your Google uh, synopsis page didn't tell you what to do correctly. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm messing with you. This but... is the actual plot of the movie. Like, the, there's no plot to the movie. They actually make fun of it at one point because they're going through, like, the teams and, how, and, like, what they have to, how they play each other. And, like, let's go off that, Dan. 95% yeah. of the movie is comedy. Yes. It's just dumb shit having fun, but when you look at the real plot of the movie, a kid grows up to be a literal failure in life after graduating yeah. high school, basically comes up with a bullshit game to impress some girls, 
which then gets really popular <laughs> and then has the drama of legitimate sports, although because they're aware that it's just them shooting with, you know, baseball spots, shooting, trying to make shots and doing some bullshit to make sure the other person... And they actually yeah, they're, make they're that pl- joke at the very beginning. They're playing horse, dude. <laughs> like, it, it's all it's only that. So they just... The next 90% of the movie is them just laughing, bullshitting, in the classic 90s romance. Which had no purpose being in the movie at all, but was hilarious oh, yeah. nevertheless. Oh, no, like- this is a parody movie. Like it's making fun of a lot of sports classics. It's comedy classics. Like there's a lot of just when you I I, I get that Dan, but when you look at it from a whole, it has the same overall character as a you know South yeah. Park episode. It literally does. It has the overall character of it, where you're just oh, yeah. constantly from one joke tying to another joke, tying to another joke. Yeah, and, and it doesn't. It doesn't have that Family Guy garbage aspect where they just throw yeah. everything in their face. It's like joke after joke after joke, and if you, God forbid, you fucking miss one, you will be so lost in oh the my process. God. There, there's so much like commentary and satire in like '90s culture. It's it's ridiculous, and like there's also all the cameos. Like there's all these crazy sports legends in this movie where you actually have like the Reggie Jackson character sitting in a fucking. Well, they talked about slaves. Yeah first before they go into the room and then you see him literally sitting in a fucking glass box there's a lot to comment oh, well, that, on that's that. kareem abdul jabbar another like huge like big basketball player dale earnhardt was the driver who drives the fucking taxi is yep. a taxi driver i noticed that immediately like, and i'm and not even a nascar like, uh, person like uh dan patrick real actual sportscasters are playing the the, the like and still saying like the lines as as like comedy and it's i don't know I... well well like let let's 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 start at something else because yeah. i have a great thought and process uh nadine uh-huh. um let's talk about the fact that you can see the original um writer's perspective on the movie and then how they twisted it to you know what's his face and the other pre- you know the other person who wrote south park when they had those scenes where they were dramatic talking and in the background you can see squeak getting destroyed and or something yeah squeak is literally destroyed or something awful is happening in the background that's fucking hilarious which then means that you ignore the entire plot of the story because you're oh, yeah. involved in squeak being tied up on a fucking garage door behind the basketball hoop that they had <laughs> and being choked like he's literally like, like the my point here right <laughs> No, he's saying like freedom or something like that when he's getting like put up into the garage as he's being tied to that door. <laughs> but it's funny because like when you start out the movie, the the two uh, the two guys aren't doing anything, but then Squeak actually has a job and he gets the, him fired from that job, and then they just shit on him for the entire movie. Okay, okay, great scene. We, we you can't glaze over that, Dan. So. He comes to their house, right? And he's like, listen, guys, I got to shut off your gas. And he's like, yeah, fuck you, little bitch. And they're like, and he's just like, whoa, whoa, I don't want to be called like that. I have a job, unlike you. And they're like, you know what? Go ahead. Turn off our gas. Um, Our dog's at the vet right now, so you should be good, you know? He goes in there, and a giant-ass, you know, bulldog just fucking attacks him. And he is... Rottweiler, and then he's thrown over the fence in torn clothing, and he's like, I thought they were at the vet. He's like, oh, I guess not. 
well, uh, it's okay, you'll be fine. And then he's like, you know what? And then after bullying him a little bit more, he's like, you know what? Fine. I'm done with you guys. I'm just here to turn off your gas. And then he's, and then uh, Coop is like, well, if you make a shot, you know, we'll let you turn off the gas. We'll stop teasing you. Fucking whiffs the shot off the basketball. And then they're like, well, you know what you gotta do, right? And he's like, what? You gotta get for the ball again. It goes back in only to be attacked again by the dog. Fucking golden scene. It's such a good scene that did not belong in a movie like this. It's just so good. And that brings me to my 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 good point here for you, Dan. And I think you'll agree with yeah. me. If you section this movie, it's like little pieces of pie that don't really go to the same hole. Every single section is so fucking good on its own that you can just ignore everything about the entire movie and just enjoy those ind- individual sections or parts that they're speaking. Right? Yeah, like... I had to, I, we watched it once and then Nadine watches it again to do the synopsis. Like there's jokes I completely missed. Like the, uh, the make a wish kid at one point, he's like asking for M- Monica Lewinsky or was it, or no, it was no, Chelsea no. Clinton. Chelsea yep. Clinton. And then was, Reamer was, says you have a better shot of, of, of getting bill. And I was like, I missed that the first time. And yes, he does have a better I shot. I got of getting that. Bill. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking yeah. about it. I'm like, wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which subsequently made me miss the other jokes as I was thinking about, did they just say that Bill Clinton had a better time of laying a child than his wife? Yeah. Or the per- and I was just <laughs> like, the what the fuck? Man. <laughs> the jokes are just so rapid fire that like a lot of them, like you're laughing and don't catch the next one that comes right after it. Yeah, because the first time I watched it, I was listening to him and he was asking to kill people, uh, put acid in a pool, kill animals and i was like <laughs> trying to catch that and like trying to figure out what the fuck i just heard with that and i missed the chelsea clinton joke and yeah. then the second time i watched it it was like holy fuck how did i miss that yeah okay so we're we're kind of just you can tell we're a bit overwhelmed by how much is in this movie and trying to describe it i want to simplify it a little bit um dan what is your favorite scene in the movie like oh I have one, and I know exactly what I'm going to say, but go ahead. First thing that comes to mind is, I don't know, all the psych-out scenes, like... Oh, yes! Uh, oh, the, yeah, but... the, the one squeak joke, where he uh, he's, like, going up against, like, the, the like, big, intimidating, like, prison guy, <laughs> and he, like, has, has a joke written on his head, <laughs> and it's like, I heard your mother's deaf. He's like, and, like no, he's, he's like, dead! No. And it's like, she's oh, that's what, I guess that's why she wasn't moving. It's it's like that kind of comedy. She's like, <laughs> I guess that's why I didn't hear her that much or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and he's like, just like, what the fuck? And then destroys them afterwards in the background scene. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like the, just those psych out scenes are, are like what always were like ingrained in my mind. And that's actually why I picked this movie as like the the non-cult classic cult comedy. You know what, Dan? I will give you that. This was not a, uh, this wasn't a surf Nazis must die movie. No. And, and this, that's the thing. Like this, I actually, this was, this was a funny movie. Like it really thing. was. So Nadine, what's your favorite scene? I actually, I have, I have two. And I say them both. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to go for both of them. So my favorite one is when he's, He's got he's psyching out one of the other team members from the other team. And he's got like 
it playing a, a like a book reading and the guy is falling asleep and he pulls out a pillow <laughs> from thin air and lays him on the ground. I was like, crow just That's... goes wild. I was like, and, and they were dead silent before then. And as he's playing it, he's not falling asleep, but he's making the best facial expressions that I feel like made the scene because the other guy's like falling asleep and he's like, what, what was that? If you can't hear it very well, let's just bring it a little bit closer. And the funny part is, is that he was, well, who was he playing against? The Texas Defenders or something? Yes. Uh, and something like that. how he, how he made the Texas Defenders fall asleep was with old timey classic, um, like reading of like those, uh, those, those Western books. Like, yep. There's so much depth to these jokes. Like, you know, they really thought these through before they put them in. Just fuck the plot. The only importance is how I deliver this joke. And they were just so good. <laughs> like, okay, what's, well, what's your yeah, second, what's the one? second one? Okay, the second one was actually kind of obscure and I didn't hit it into the, get it into the second time. The Yvette, she comes out uh, to Baxter, I think, on the final Denslow Cup. And she has two um, hooks, like trailer hooks in her hand. And she goes... Hey, I finally got the chrome off of this one. Do you want me to get started on this one? And then you look at her lips. Her lips are silver. She like sucked the chrome off of the fucking yep. trailer hook. <laughs> and I was like, that's good. I like that. So so I just just for anyone that hasn't really watched the movie, there's an on-running joke that, you know, he makes an insinuation, something sex related, and she does it literally. Like, oh, I need you to, you know wax the lobby if you know what i mean and yeah, she's like, out there fucking trying to literally wax the lobby and is breaking shit much to this carpet they're actually she's actually laying carpet like yes <laughs> it, or, or like touch or like clean up the fireplace right and she's literally in the fireplace like there's so much joke so when she came out with silver on her lips after sucking the toad trailer thing but it's clearly something else. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ, not again. Oh, I don't know how she good. didn't get All sick. Right. I don't know how she didn't get sick. <laughs> Who cares about that plot? The real logic is why she decided to suck them <laughs> instead of wax them. But so, like that, that's a kind of comedy it is. It's like you saw that stuff in like uh, all these like classic comedies. Like I remember in like Spaceballs, they had like the scene where they're combing the desert. And they're literally taking like large combs. I am look or what was it? They're sucking the air out of the planet. They literally yeah. have a giant vacuum exactly. made space spaceship. It's just that like literal humor. That's so. Before I go into my favorite, I have to say about the '90s and about the '80s, comedy was something else. Nowadays, they can't get away with that. It's it. I think the 2000s is a more serious era with a lot of if you say the wrong thing, your entire movie fails. So they tread the line very carefully with their humor only, you know, and then worry constantly. So there's not as many good comedy movies, I would say, besides like B-rated movies that people don't watch because they're just the boring comedies. But back then, who fucking cares if people got offended? It's fucking game. So they go all fucking in, which leads me to my favorite scene, which gave me a huge reminder of the chainsaw scene from Scary Movie, where she's chainsawing her, oh my God, her I love cubes this off. Scene. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> it is when Jenna walks in to them butt-ass naked, 
and is so distracted by their giant dicks that she can't formulate a normal <laughs> sentence. Well, I, I I don't remember how it went exactly because I was losing my shit. I, but she was. But do you remember the exact lines, Dan? Oh, I, I forget the lines, but she's like saying like. Oh, like huge cock instead of like something like this is a big problem or something like oh yeah like this is a big dick i mean i mean giant schlong i mean fuck problem <laughs> god damn it like literally and she's constantly looking up and down and then she like when she originally comes in she drops a clipboard because she's so surprised by their giant dicks and it hits on the ground and then you see coop his face wincing as he looks down and looks back up like it hit his giant dick. So I, I think I remember either like an extended scene or like a, a different version of this movie where they actually have more of that. And I think because this was like the Peacock version that's on the NBC streaming service, it's free. They, they cut some of it out. But I remember like they're, they're they like, cut the final scene out. I think there was an after credit yeah. scene. I yeah, didn't get like, to watch okay. that, but yeah. Yeah, so like the they're, the dicks, like you see the actual dick flopping around, like back and forth, and at one point I think they even like, I I, I don't know, but like, yeah, like that, that like, kind of stuff is just it's so ridiculous, but so so like it's so golden, and then it's just like why would that be in a movie? This is clearly not the quality of a movie that you'd be paying to ticket to see. You're like, oh, basketball. Because, like, have you guys seen the trailer or the, the original picture um, of basketball for, like, yeah. the, the screen yeah. thing? Like, what, what yeah, entices you to, to play? Big balls, the two big balls in front of their, their crush. Yeah. Like, when you originally see that, yes, you get that it's like, oh, this probably isn't a serious movie, but you don't expect this. Dude, dick jokes are timeless. They are, and very, very long, as as they have proven. Um, but that leads me to my second one. Before all the sexuality stuff came out and what was really considered really fucked up to say, when, what is it, Squeak falls in love with a girl at a bar, it's like, wow, she's attractive. And what, Coop, and what, what was it, Reaver? Reaver? Reaver. I don't know his fucking name. Who, ca- who cares about his name? Reamer. It's like, you know she's a dude, right? And Squeak's like... Looks up at him, uh, looks up at the girl, looks at him, looks up at the girl, and he's like, no way, she's hot. You know, and he's just like, oh my fucking god. Every bit of that scene was my second favorite. I loved it, followed by her at the very, very end, literally lifting him up, like, down at it like a fucking child, and him going, ah, lift me higher. Like, oh, man. Okay, since we're talking about Squeak... We want to talk about my favorite character in the movie. It's that guy. By fucking yeah. far. Yeah. Every one of his scenes <laughs> are the purest of bullying and fuck you comedy. It is so, <laughs> so golden. Like, when they give him a place to stay at their house, um, and he sees this, uh, you know, this, um, God, what are, the, what are those fold-up bed things that turn into a couch? I forget the name. Fold-out couch? The, uh... Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Literally well, all for me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. There's there's a name for it. But anyways, he's like, wow, is that my bed? You guys are giving me this room? And they're like, nah, dude, that's from this guy. You get this in the corner. It's a, literally a fucking cardboard box with a newspaper and a tiny-ass pillow. They were giving and the he couch. Looks at it, he's like, the f-? They were giving the couch to the Rottweiler. <laughs> and he got the box. Yes, that's right. I just remember that there, there's a and random gets, roommate. 
and he's so pissed off about it. And then he's like, you know, whatever. You know, you guys are gonna make me fucking leave after fifteen something things. You know, if you say if you call me a little bitch fifteen more times, we're gonna leave. And then he just like sits there and he's the euphoria on his face, like, oh, I'm appreciated. And he opens the window and there's sunlight pouring through, and the dog starts flying in, attacks him again. Like, oh, it's just the poor, poor fucking squeak, man. All right, I cut you off, Dan. What were you gonna say? I, 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 I forgot, but I don't know. I, <laughs> that kind of like 90s. You can't kind of get away with the stuff anymore. I like to describe this movie as an episode of South Park. I really yeah. do think that fits a lot when it comes to talking about this movie. It truly is an episode of South Park. Absolutely. In every fucking manner. It's like South Park mixed with any, like, 90s TV, like, like yeah. movie comedy, like, teenage movie Early comedy. Early South Park. Yeah. Early, Early South Park. Like, PP's Water Park or whatever in South Park. You know... I feel like, you know, this movie is basically, they saw the movie and they were like, wow, we're being hired to do a movie? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it into something I know and love. My own show. And they did. And, like, being real here, when you originally think about basketball, you're probably like, you know, how the fuck? Is it just baseball, but with, like, uh, you know, like, oh, if you want to get someone out, you have to throw it in the hoop? No, dude, it's so much more simpler than that. And when I, I have so much lack of trust in your movie choices dan that when i first watched this movie i went in so disappointed and i could tell you i'm still very disappointed but damn do i have a smile on my face that's what i was going for that's that's all i need to know and i just i think that demonstrates the movie don't don't watch this movie if you want a good movie watch this movie if you want to fucking laugh and you're drinking a bit because the entire movie is just drunk comedy is really what it is. It is. There's it's good. Oh, you know what scene I forgot that I really like. <laughs> oh my god. Go for it. Okay, so when Squeak was in the hot tub in the um the, in the dressing <laughs> yes. room and they had the guy, the news the sportscaster guy talking, and Squeak was literally getting sucked down the hot tub drain and nobody gave a Fuck. They were literally filming it. He was right in front of him, and you can hear and, and see Squeak goes screaming, ah. and then you get the classic <laughs> sound or whatever it is from yep. when uh nobody when, batted an oh, eye. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that reminds me of speaking of the sportscaster. How about the fact that when he went to Calcutta or whatever and came back, there was a scene the sportscaster's like, Coop is missing. We don't know where it is. He's been gone for days. But we do have a digital recreation of what we think he looks like. It's fucking Mr. T. <laughs> uh, yes, I saw that. It's Mr. T. Wasn't that like one of the true crime guys from the 90s? It is. That, like, um, no. I think it's it's one of the true crime guys from the 90s because they're two different people. Yeah. They look similar, but the sportscaster and the guy who did that, yeah. he's actually a true crime person from the 90s. <laughs> what? Then you have the later scene as well, when they won the cup, and everyone's going crazy, and the sportscaster's like, we still don't have any fucking clue where Cooper It's not is. the sportscaster. Just a slight... It's not the sportscaster. It's slight... the true crime guy. Is it? No, yeah, it's the he, true crime guy. Like, true... Yeah. 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 It's he, just he... a slight segment, like a quarter of a second, like maybe two seconds long, but it's just so good how they you just... You know what's they, just funny about that? incorporated the joke. You know what's funny about that? They... They had what? the true crime guy go, Coop went missing. And then they had the true crime guy 
like revealed to Jenna that, you know, uh, Coop went to Calcutta himself. He's back. And then after they win, he goes, quick update. We still don't know where the fuck this guy's at. <laughs> and it's Coop. <laughs> There's also a scene where he's like, he's going off as like, Coop's such a great man. Like, I wish I would just be able to go on one date with him where I'm staring at him across the, uh, a coffee table or something like yes yes and then he has a coffee just a water cup poured in his face <laughs> oh my god um so speak speaking of another thing too um when uh, they were originally doing the basketball scene and uh, like you know what in the garage and there's a lot of people watching and they're like look at this happy crowd and they love you, and they're literally getting pushed off the roof, and there's a fucking mob going in the background, and it's like, this is what a crowd should be like at a game. And then people are literally dying in the background, and he's like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And I'm just like, oh my god, it just, the comedy is something else in this they movie. Even it is, it is that a joke. pleasure, it's an experience. They yeah? even furthered that joke later on when Dallas won the Denslow Cup. Uh, after Denslow died, and because you could see them being reports, like the newscaster reporting, he's like, in Dallas, they are celebrating. Right now, we hear there's 14 injured, three dead. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they're like rioting in the streets in the background, straight faced, whole fucking time. Oh my God. And then there's, speaking of the Dallas Cups, like the stereotypical cheerleaders, right? Oh, yeah. For every single one was so. <laughs> good like the aliens for example and it was literally a fucking like a girl wearing an alien outfit and they're all or the beers where they're all on stripper poles the dallas uh the dallas defenders where they're they're riding a horse which one was that new jersey was the one there's so many jokes they're missing on my heads what there's the new jersey ones are the girls who are like really aggressive they're clearly like italian and they have really high Yes, curly yes. hair yes yes and the way that the jersey team tried to psych him out was like your mom sucks at cooking <laughs> and they all had cigarettes in their bed ear. <laughs> yes they did every semblance of this movie every semblance of this movie is a joke when we talk about the positive you could go on and on and on and and on about the comedy it's so good if you're into that type of comedy, right? If you like South yeah. Park, you will fucking love this movie. Yes. But there's so many negatives to the movie as well. <laughs> like, like, here's the thing. If you have a football player who is really good at tackling, but doesn't know where he is on the field, doesn't know how to catch it, doesn't know how to do anything else, he's a shitty player. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie. I don't really think it's that good of a movie. Like, it's the comedy is like beyond just golden. It's diamond level, but everything else about the movie, when you think about it, is just like, what the fuck is wrong with this movie? I think they did it on purpose, though. They didn't really want a plot. You can't. You can't think of. You can't think like that when you're talking about like you know looking at the movie at a whole. The entire plot of the movie can be summed up in basically one sentence. Um, a boy gets a ball as a child, so he wants to change you know, change how, you know, sports are. But when you look at the entire movie, there's nothing related to that, really. It starts out, and yeah. then it, t- it turns into a fucking non-stop frat party of a movie. Yes. That was the point. It's I, like I, not I, another teen movie. 
<laughs> yeah, like it again. It's that that spoof comedy, that parody stuff. And but, I'll, I'll be honest, guys, I hate South Park. I really don't like it. I think that's. I think the comedy is just. It's an easy grab comedy, and the same goes with Family Guy. So I'll, in the beginning, I love the movie in the first thirty minutes, but later on, there was only specific scenes that I love. Like each, like the, yeah. you know, the dick in the locker room scene, the uh, scenes where they're psyching each other out, the cheerleader scenes, all those are golden. But then you have like the dugout scenes, which should be funny to me, but I just didn't enjoy them. Yeah. And I was, like, they were just, they were cringy. Like it's a hit or miss. If you love the comedy in the movie, it's fucking great. If you miss the comedy, you're going to be watching this movie and pulling out your phone. It is the most boring shit in the world during <laughs> certain scenes. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like I I think especially watching this twice in twenty four in like a forty eight hour span, like it's the movie does just hit a point where you're like, all right, it's like the same type of joke set up, yeah. over and over again. It's, it's a, a shotgun. It's, it's a very it's a long, joke shotgun. Yeah, they keep yeah. trying to spray as many jokes as they can at you, hoping that one lands, which they fucking nail at. And there's so many different flavors of jokes, so I'm guaranteeing some people love the dugout scenes and some people don't like the other oh, scenes. Yeah, it, it draws you back in because some of the jokes just hit <laughs> you and you're, like, laughing again. Yeah. But in yeah. reality, a lot of this movie, I'd say about a good 60% of the movie, was sitting and waiting until a better joke. And if I wanted to laugh... I wouldn't go to a movie theater for it. <laughs> like that that's not the place I would go for a comedy. That's that's me personally. Nadine would watch any fucking movie on the goddamn planet. And Dan always has a high appraisal of of like older movies, but for me it's like I just wouldn't love a movie like this. If I went to a movie theater thinking it's an Avengers movie or something or going something really cool and I see this shit, I'm going to go home and be like, "Damn." So there goes my 40 fucking dollars. Like damn, you know? Well, first off, and I would I not just... watch any movie because I would never, even if you paid me, watch Surf Nazis Must Die again. <laughs> all right. All right. Have so to bring it up every episode. You've <laughs> said that exact line for the past four episodes. And because of that, we have to. We have and to. And now, I, I, okay, I, I guess I'll say like, yep, that's here's our Surfy Nazis Must Die. Surfy Nazis Must Die. Here's my, here's the Surf Nazis Must Die segment where everybody roasts Dan. What, what do you okay, guys all right, Dan. We have we have to go into it now. So now that you reminded me, when we go into this movie, I was looking down so bad and so disappointed on this. I was like, fuck, I gotta watch Dan's movie choice. This is gonna be a horrible movie. And I think that's what brought the the movie to life was knowing that it would be so bad I wouldn't be disappointed. If I had gone in thinking this was another, uh, you know, Solaris or you know the Fifth Element, I would have been like, "What is this garbage?" Like the Fifth Element comedy is on point; it is golden, but it still has a story and it still follows things, and it's so good. There's music. Every bit of that movie is a one. This movie. It's like looking at a. It's like looking at a. Uh, you know, a failure. Uh, this is gonna sound really bad, but a high school's grade report. You're like, damn, you did really good in math. Oh man, you got an A plus. Why the fuck did you get an F minus in band? Or why did you get an <laughs> F minus in English? Like everything else fails about this movie so horrendously bad that it makes the comedy better. And as a movie, I don't. 
I can't consider it a movie. I really can't. I see, just consider it a classic point of the 90s, really. I see. I, I don't agree with that because I feel like when you have m- movies that are meant to be comedies, you can't view them in the same light as you do another movie, like a sci-fi movie like Solaris or The Fifth Element. You literally are going there to laugh. So if they're making you laugh, even but if there's what not if a you were that poor bloke who went into the movie thinking it's going to be some badass basketball movie and then comes in and he's like, what the fuck? It's unfortunate like, you look at the poster. Yeah, you can't. It's, it's two guys with with baseball sized or basketball sized baseballs in front of their balls. Like, and one of them says you, you, "lazy boy" on it. Like, all right. So, what time are we at, Nadine? I just want to make sure we're in time. Uh, we are in time, but we have to wrap up soon. So i I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say that uh. To, to finalize my thoughts about this movie, when it comes to the movie, my personal opinion is the comedy is something I miss. I didn't grow up during when this comedy was a normal thing. I miss scary movie. When I grew, when I was finally old enough to really understand the comedy that was on the screen, I was about, you know, it was 2010 time. And during that time, a lot of the comedy was already removed off of the TV, off the TV. They're very careful about what they say before, you know, someone else that didn't really appreciate that comedy comes out and says, this is actually kind of offensive, guys. Um, And to see old comedy like this, where they go all in, they don't care if there is a dick on the screen. They don't care if there's transgender jokes, gay jokes women jokes, stereotyping. It's kind of refreshing. I'm not going to lie. It is the comedy was I I don't think I've experienced a movie like this before. And that's from a person who hasn't watched South Park really much at all cuz I don't like it. So it was refreshing and it was funny and it was good. It was a good thing to enjoy and I'm glad I watched that movie. But when it comes to the movie itself, the outright movie and how it was I didn't really like it that much. The comedy is golden. It's so good. But if you just took all of those, all the really good comedy scenes that I liked, put them in a 10-minute YouTube video, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Minus the other hour and 30 minutes. You kind of get what I mean, right, Nadine? I do, because I know you're really picky with that. But for me, it's different. I think when you watch a comedy movie, you have to expect it to... But I grew up in this, and so did Dan. We're... We're old enough that we watched all this shit and we watched, uh, you know, not another teen movie. We we had scary movie. I watched all three of those. So for me, this is when you're coming in and you're watching a comedy. I'm expecting fucking ridiculous shit like this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you know what I grew up with? Um, Who's who's the person that played in? Uh, oh, God, there's a there's a bunch of B rated movies. Is it Will Ferrell? No, it's not Will Ferrell, is it? Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, it is Will Ferrell. His movies. That's the those are the movies I actually grew up with. With those type, that's what I consider a, a comedy movie. Yeah. So there's and I know that's messed of, up to say. There's and I enjoy those movies. Yeah, but there's different types of but comedy. I just that's the thing. There is a reason that the critics said this movie was so bad, and that's because. As an average viewer that goes in to watch a movie like this, regardless of how it looks, regardless of the time of the movie, if you sit down and have someone watch this movie, 
more often than not, if they want to watch a good movie, they won't enjoy this movie. They'll have a laugh. Now, that's why the audience rated it so high. But for me, when I watch movies, I consider a movie to be worth my time. When we go to when we go to, uh, you know, for example, oh, the Martian movie. I've watched that movie so many fucking times and I love every minute of it. It's a great movie. You know, for example, the Marvel films. Every one of those movies, in my opinion, is really, really nice to watch. And I've rewatched a bunch. But for this movie in particular, it's good to watch once and never again. Maybe review some highlights on YouTube, call it a day. But as a movie, I don't like the idea of considering it such because it is nothing more than spraying so many jokes at you that hopefully you laugh once. It's the it's a shitty comedian because not every joke lands, if that makes sense. Okay, no, I, I was gonna say like I, I agree with ninety-ish percent of what you said there. Like I, I think that like this movie it's rewatchability. It's like one of those movies you can watch every like five years because the jokes get old after a while. Like it's, when you see it back to back, it's like it gets yeah. a little stale. But it's like every eh. time you just see it and you haven't seen it in a while and you kind of forgot about some of like the, the more subtle jokes, you pop it in, you laugh, and just just enjoy it. But again, right. I it, you have a whole – I think you're getting into like the difference between like a comedy movie and a film. So Yeah, there's – different and and i have to go into the uh to the final part to where this actually starts wrapping up to make everything you know sense yeah we gotta actually Um, and i'm gonna say this nadine do you guys think that this is a cult classic or is it just another movie that people really want to be a cult classic dan uh yes i mean it was my choice as a movie that's not on our cult classic list but i put in the cult classic list one because it kind of is a precursor to the career that was birthed by this like South Park humor of the of the directors. It it was created as a game that was actually created before the movie, and like it's kind of become a game that people actually play. In my generation, we would actually play basketball in in high school. We'd actually try to make fun of each other while we shoot the basketball, and it still seems to have tread work where it still kind of comes up as like one of the cult comedies that you, you yeah. run into. And I'm actually going to pivot off of that and agree with you, Dan. I think, yes. Um, by definition, you know, this movie did fucking horrible in the beginning of the, you know, when it was released and it's not when it was, a no, when it was released, it wasn't very well known. And then over time it's picked up more of a following because let, let's be real here. It is a one of a kind movie. It's in the same segment as scary movie and stuff like that. Like it is, it is one of those movies that you will always remember because it's just, it's hilarious. And I'll just leave it there. All right. So, so yeah, it's a classic, right? Yeah. Cold classic. I think it's a cold classic too. So I'm giving it a yes. All the reasons you guys said, um, that way, when we get to the rating, and then we'll be recommend we have more time because we did run over actually by like five minutes for the main segment. So let's let's rate the movie. <laughs> okay, so Dan, what do you think the movie should be rated on a scale of one to ten? On a scale of one to ten, I am going to give this movie a six. Um, it's hysterical. It's I I love it. I wanted to give it a higher rating, but like if if I'm just trying to think of it as a movie, it's it's a six. It's above average. Pop it in and watch it. I, I, I can see that, Nadine. 
Um, I would say this is a seven for me. And the reason why is it's one of those movies that's actually really, really funny. I think with most comedies, you can't really view it in the same line of having a plot to it and being like completely cohesive and stick with it because scary movie wasn't like that. None of them were like that. Uh, not another teen movie is like that. Um, the one that came out that was paranormal activity with like one of the Wayne's brothers, it was like a mockery of it. Same thing. They didn't really have a cohesive like plot. The, it was mostly the comedy that you're looking at. And I think because if we're going to look at the comedy, they hit it. That's what they that's what they were going for. They did it right. It's just not a movie that I can watch like every day. It does have subtle jokes, but you have to come back to them after a while. And that's actually where I'm going to pivot mine. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys are aware of this. I'm not going to give it that high. It's going to um, be a two. For the, va- <laughs> for the value, no, no, that two designation is definitely reserved for Dan's original choice of Surf Nazis <laughs> Must Die. I'm going to give this one a three. Okay. Now, and for my logic on this, because this is very low compared to you guys, this movie was hilarious. There's so many golden scenes. But honestly, you could just watch this movie for those scenes and skip through the rest because they're just, you don't fucking need to give a shit about the other ones. And for a movie, if I want to watch a movie, I need to enjoy it all the way through. Otherwise, I'm going to be watching down and seeing a 20-minute YouTube video because my attention span needs to be fulfilled during that time and there's a lot of inner there's a lot of jokes in here that they just you could spend five minutes of a joke in this movie and get 30 minutes that you laugh at really and let let let's be real for me personally that's not something i would do so laughter points are, are i'm not a big I, fan of comedy movies they're, they're not highly weighted in your uh, your film score no, uh, they're not. Yeah. It, it, sure, it's funny, but it's not really. It, it's not a good movie. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> Dan, you're screwed in the future because uh, I see Dan picking out movies just because they're comedies, and John being like, "I had to laugh." I am offended now. <laughs> I had. Well, it's yeah. not like I'm offended by the comedy. It's fucking great. But like the, you know, who gives a shit if I laugh? Like. Like when I watch well, a movie, so, I want to go home and be, you know, when I when I watch one of these movies, I sit down as if I am the original person that sits in a theater of these movies. And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, this is enjoyable. That's how I felt about the fifth element. See, I, you I can't actually do that. think I, I put when I give my six rating, I, I But that's how I watch movies. I have it, to I have no, to value my I time. To say, like, I try to look at this movie as like John would look like a movie. And I think that's why like it's actually lower than I normally would give this movie. But like I, I kind of I'm curious to see what you're going to say about the uh, the next section, which is, but do we recommend it or do you want to pivot to right before we go into that? Yeah, um, I have to say again, when I what I consider a movie and the value of a movie is is if it's worth my time because I'm not I'm not a person that likes watching movies. I don't like watching movies. You have to lit the Tori has to force me to watch movies. I don't really like just sitting down and watching them. So. It's a value of my time, and I rate it as such. So uh, hey, I rated it, it, this low because I don't think I'd ever, if I didn't have you guys telling me, hey, you need to watch this movie for the podcast, I don't think I'd watch this, like, yeah. ever. I don't no, think okay, a movie yeah, I'd even know thing, what like, has existed. I think it's important that you're consistent with that, like, idea when you're rating a movie. It's like, was this worth my time? And Yeah, and for, for, for Nadine, for example, she's like, oh, it's a classic. Ah, ha, ha, seven. Um, for Dan, you know, you're like, uh, 
yeah, this movie's this movie's good. I, I I enjoyed it personally. I'd rate it this out of my enjoyment scale. For me, it's like, is this worth my time out of ten? I think a lot of times when I go to rate movies, it's basically it's based off of whether or not like I it was a good movie, like I enjoyed it, and then on top of that, like did it have parts of it that made it either better than other movies that I've seen or like unique. And that's usually how well, I rate it. <laughs> but most of these I are just like, I just want to comment that your average viewer is probably going to be in my position. And if I rate a movie low, they're not going to watch yeah. it. But when I rate a movie fucking high, they're gonna be like, damn, they're he rated it high be. for once. Let's watch it. <laughs> They're actually probably going to be Dan's position. Most average viewers, I think, view movies the way that Dan views movies. Whereas, like, you're more critical and I prefer a specific, like, type. You know what I mean? Most people are like Dan, I would say. I'm reading the overall experience where, like... So we have have cult classics, we have uh, the general experience, and then we have critical. So basically, yeah. it's we're IMDb right now. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it's pretty accurate. Nadine, did you choose me only because you do I fucking hate this? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much why I picked you. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Don't value my input, just my, you know, overall opinion. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Dan, Nadine, would we recommend this to our friends? What do you think, Dan? Or, you know, I yeah. mean, I, I, I would recommend it to my friends because, like, I think the only thing against this movie, it might not be like your type of humor. So, like, then it might not be your thing if, if you're kind of not into kind of slightly raunchy, slightly. So, you'd be actually more of a maybe person instead of a yes. I'm more I of a would, maybe, I like, might recommend this to my friends depending on who they are. But I feel instead like if you're my overall, friend, yes. I'm going to recommend this because you probably have a similar sense of humor. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can see that. I would um, I'm going to go ahead and say maybe. Oh, maybe for oh, you? Well, okay. Maybe. Well, I'm list um, next I'll say or... mine before you. Well, who <laughs> cares? Me first. So maybe. You said Dan and Adid first. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I, I I lost track. Anyways, maybe for me, um, because as you said, my friends and I have a lot of friends, a lot. And to be honest, um, I know a bunch of people that are I'm close friends with that definitely would fucking hate this. And we consider this disgusting, raunchy and totally un-American. And then other wow. friends would be like, oh, yeah, this is the best humor I've ever seen in my life. And it's so American. You get my point, right? Yep. I got it. Totally get that. I would. All right. So anyways, it. moving on to end it. Just kidding, Nadine. <laughs> Go ahead. I would say I would recommend the movie because most people I know have the same sense of humor as I do. There's like a couple that I probably wouldn't recommend it to. For the most part, everyone I know would probably find this pretty funny. I'm just glad that you understand that most of my f- you know, a good majority of my friends are kind of like on the edge, and then we have you guys. All I'm hearing is that John has more diverse friends than me and you, Nadine. Uh, yeah, I kind of hearing it, more, more and more diverse. Like we're just not, we're just not at that uh, caliber. Yeah, you see, the problem is that when you guys actually have friends, you'll understand what most people think. But until then, I will be the voice of reason. <laughs> well, okay, we, John. I'm glad I'm glad. 
we have you. <laughs> okay, John, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Alrighty. Did you guys have anything else you want to add before we go ahead and wrap up? Guys, watch this movie. Um, especially if you're following us along. Um, this movie, I think, is a good personification of what it's be what a cult classic is. And I think um, when you think of cult classic, you think of movies like this. This is another shining example of a movie that is defining of what we should watch. So if you are listening along, I highly recommend that you guys watch in because clearly if you're listening to us, you probably enjoy these movies already. And I'm going to give myself kudos because this is the first non-cult classic list movie that I suggested. It, it seems like it's a cult classic. And it was a hit. We all liked it. <laughs> Well, that is subjective, but yeah. This is high praise for John. I'm sorry. This is high praise for you. If John, I could rate this, this if I could rate the, if I could rate this movie on comedy, oh damn, I'd give it a freaking eight. But if I could rate this movie as a movie, <laughs> no, it stays as a three. Oh boy. Alrighty. So we're gonna go ahead and end this out now. So if you guys have any movie recommendations or want to talk about movies with us, you can find us on Facebook through our private group, She's Not a Slut Yet. Slut is S with three stars. Or you can email us at she's not a slut yet at gmail.com. Now, if you guys want to also tell John that he's way too harsh on funny movies, you're more than welcome to DM I on Facebook. I fucking <laughs> dare you. And I will <laughs> argue you to no end. Good luck. <laughs> Alrighty, and if you guys like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. It actually really does help us out and helps more people find us. Um, next week, we will be reviewing Requiem for a Dream, released in 2000, which obviously was John's pick. So go ahead and tune in next week. All right, guys. This is where I say toodaloo. Bye. Bye. See you.